the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API and Wireworld Pro Audio. Now from the Nowcast Network Studios, here's Mike. Hey, welcome to the Audio Nowcast. My name is Mike Rodriguez, and before we get going, let me introduce the guys. Over here, on my right, is the one and only Mr. Bobby Osinski. Bobby! Hello, Mike. Hi, everybody. Good to see you. Bobby, it's so good to see you, man. And uh, you're not traveling right now. No, I'm not. I should be, but I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) And next to him, we've got Mr. Scott Gershon. Hey, Mike! It's so so good to see you, Scott. And and Scott's working on some really cool stuff that when he can talk about it, it's going to be really cool. That's all I'm going to say. And across the table, we've got the one and only Mr. Nick Peck. Nick. Hello, Mike. Hello, everybody. It's good to see you. I love, I love Bobby's like just know. continuous you know, sort of exhortations. You're making me feel great there, buddy. I really, I really got to say. Uh, you know yeah, what? Yeah, have a drink. Great to see you guys. And uh, joining us, joining us all the way from the land down under is Mr. Bobby Summerfield. Bobby. Hello. I am celebrating Cinco de Mayo because you guys need a little help 16 years we need a, a tequila <laughs> that's so great that's really good yeah Bobby, Lovely to see you guys you are feeling good too <laughs> and finally over here on my left is the iron man of the audio now cast this is show number 228 Mr. Wow. Rob Arbiter. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. It's good to be here. <laughs> and as Bobby said, guys, this is our 16-year anniversary show. Wow. And Indeed. 16 years, can you believe that? And because it's our 16 years, we just couldn't have a regular show. We had to have some guests. And we don't have one. We have two guests. First of all, joining us all the way from Germany. Yes, Germany. This is the one and only... Mr. Thomas Went. Thomas. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. So great to see you. And it's uh, good morning from here. <laughs> yeah. the great very, Thomas was one of the very... Good Morgan. He was one of our very first guests that wasn't a... Um, that wasn't, you know, f- a friend of a friend. Uh, well, he was a friend, but he was like our first uh, uh, industry guest, I guess would say, you know, besides Larry, Thomas was way back one of the earlier ones. And it was really great. And the one thing I'll never forget is the very first time I actually met Thomas because I've seen I had seen him around because he's friends with um, Rob and uh, his voice. Thomas, you've got the golden throat there, brother. Yes, <laughs> uh, I'm. Some say so. Some, some, some say different. <laughs> this morning, this morning, I'm a little bit, uh, uh, you know, it's yeah. a five a.m., so uh, it's still sleeping. So bear with me. Bear with me if I slur a little bit, and uh, um, I'm searching for words. Oh, well, it's okay. Thomas, is, we're going to talk about some really great things. He has a company, Integrative Concepts, and um, we're going to be talking about a really cool plugin um, when we spend some time with him. But. That's not the only thing we have. We have Mr. Aaron Higgins. He's here from 1010 Music. Hey, Hello. Aaron. Good to finally see you in person. <laughs> and Welcome. Aaron was one of our guests uh, during the pandemic, and uh, you know, 1010 Music did some amazing things. At that time, they had this cool little micro mixer that that um, that he was showing, and it, it looked amazing. The blue box. Yeah, that's just great. And now he's going to show us. He's going to talk about some uh, other projects, uh, other products, and uh, I'll let him explain when we talk to him about it. But they are so cool. <laughs> 
So anyhow. Thank you for having me. Good to be here. Thank you for coming. And uh, it's great to see you in real life, as they say. Um, But guys, this is 16 years. And and before we get into the show, I just want to... There's two things that happened to me this week, and I got to tell you about it. Number one, I got a new piece of gear, and... um, and I have this little quirk whenever I get a new piece of gear. Whenever I get a new piece of gear and I have to plug it in, I never leave the house with it plugged in for the first time. Like, So I got this little monitor controller, and I plugged it in, and I had to leave. And I, and I just unconsciously just pulled the plug out and left. And and I usually like to be around gear, like especially if it's new gear, you know, for a couple hours when it's plugged in, just because... I don't know if it starts smoking or snapping or anything. It's just this weird little quirk that I have. And I just wanted to, just out of a fun, you know, we'll spend like two minutes on this, but I just want to know, I'm like, that's just weird that I have this little, I, I literally cannot leave the house with me. I would be worried the whole time that the house was. So which monitor controller is it? Oh, I'll tell you about that okay. in, a, in a second. It's the but, flamethrower three thousand. It's really good <laughs> by Apple. No, as soon as I tell you, as soon as I tell you which one it is, you're going to be going. Oh yeah, I wouldn't leave the house either. <laughs> but really quick, do you like guys have do you guys have any quirks like that? Anybody have any weird little quirks that they that they are? My the only weird dude. Oh, you're is. the only weird dude here, Mike. <laughs> Definitely so. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I never leave my studio with the monitors, the speakers on. I always switch, even though they're powered and I've got the volume turned down on the console. I always switch the power of them off because I've had. <laughs> I had, uh, back in the day, a Cubase running, lovely Cubase, whatever early version it was. And I had NS10 speakers, a nice big old uh, 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 Bryson amp on it. And I went out, but it had a bug in Cubase which used to crash and go, <laughs> So I came back. <laughs> I came back and I go, what's burning? <laughs> I thought, oh, anyway, let me play the stuff and nothing worked. I said, like, well, the music's working. What's going on? And I noticed... My speakers literally had little brown rings inside. <laughs> so, yes, good idea. So, I do do that. I still switch off my power of my amplifiers when I go out. Because yeah. if, if you mix... If the computer crashes, it normally goes... Ah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had a friend who would not mix without this ugly little little stuffed mouse thing that he had on his console. Like, he always... Like, he would not mix if that little stuffed little mouse thing wasn't there. And it was ugly, too. It looked like it had been chewed up well, by a dog. To, people didn't use to mix unless they had Kleenex on their tweeters. I mean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they used to complain. Of, I got the wrong brand Kleenex. It's not right. But this way, when you sneeze, you can just, you know, the Kleenex will catch it. I actually have a weird one like exactly. that. Okay. Although mine is not actually that weird. It's probably prudent. But I cannot leave the studio or an office or anything else with any files open. Like a project open. Like, I will always... Save and close a session. I cannot leave a session open when I leave oh, the room. Session open. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah. I just worry, and I don't even know what See, I'm worried about. You know what? I, sometimes no. You get a brownout. It corrupts the session. Well, there's well, except if it's just been sitting there idle, it's probably not going to hurt anything. But uh, yeah. See, sometimes I don't close a session if I'm working on it. Sometimes I'll leave it on because I don't know if I'm gonna. I I, I used to work on a system where I didn't know if I was gonna you know get it back. You know, so it's like. And that was Pro Tools on a on a PC. So that that'll just tell you, you know. But we, we still all have that fear. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> not sure if everybody gets it. It's like fucking. <laughs> I can't stop oh, um, not hitting save like every ten seconds, oh, even yeah, though yeah, there is, um, oh, yeah. you know, the, the program does sure, it for yeah. you and this and that. But do you but even know you're doing it? I, I just not even know. I, I'm I do doing this. It. It's this yeah, much. Yeah. yeah, it's like my Mac 128. Something crashed on a floppy disk in 1983, and that one time. Yeah, yeah but you're, if you're running Pro Tools, 
it's part of your daily routine. That's oh, why I run Reaper. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anybody else before we, before we move on? We're not going to spend too much time, but yeah, I was just thinking about quirky little word things. Um, just so you know, uh, I, I had to put together, so during COVID, right, everybody had to figure out a ways to work. And so I put together a, a tiny um, 5-1 system in my house. But the only thing I didn't have is I didn't have a good way to control the monitors. And 5-1 monitor controllers are not cheap. They are expensive. So... I ended up, and I have I have a series coming up. I just I just mixed the pilot, and it looks like the series is going to go. So I, I had to figure out a way to work, and I ended up getting. Um, are you guys familiar with the Soundcraft UI series? I got the UI sixteen, which is a it's a rack mount um, mixer, and it has six auxes on it. So I send all my surrounds to the six auxes. The cool thing is, is it's only four spaces, and the interface is HTML five. Uh, via Wi-Fi and uh, or Ethernet, and it works really good. Um, and uh, so I needed something to control. So my old mixer was controlling all the monitors, and so I needed to get a monitor controller to control all the stereo stuff. As just Pro Tools, yeah, it's Pro Tools. Because okay. um, I, I and and I work off a laptop, so I, I have this this. So now I have, before it used to go straight interface to the speakers. And even though Pro Tools can do that, that's super dangerous because you're just one little fader away from it going, Wah! and I, and I didn't want to have to worry about that. So I put the, the mixer in between and it works great. Um, but the monitor controller, and I'm ashamed to almost say this, but, <laughs> but it's, it's a Behringer monitor controller. Mm-hmm. And it was $160. And let me tell you. It sounds so good. It's the thing is, is it doesn't have a sound, and I am not. I'll be honest. I'm not a huge Behringer fan. I, I when they copy all the classic stuff, I'm just and I, and and uh, it's just. I know. I wish they would do their own original stuff because when they do, like this monitor controller, it's some pretty decent stuff, and it, and it's it actually a five, works. Five one controller. No, it's stereo, but my 5.1 is being controlled by the mixer, and so I just needed something for the stereo, so I got it. And I didn't have a, a lot of money, so it was $160. So oh. for the controller and the and the um, and my mixer was only 400 bucks. So I literally changed all the routing, went pretty much digital on on this side, and kept my analog on the stereo stuff. You know for less than 600 well 600 well 700 bucks and it was you know that's that's like something you can roll into the first show's budget you know so it was it was very i felt very good about that but i'm let me tell you i am i'm on a hunt for smaller and and workable because i can always go to a big studio and i've and i've taken my pro tools um, system to bigger studios and just plugged in so at, at home i want small compact and and something that sounds good and i'm just gonna let this on the air and you guys can talk me out of it later but i'm thinking about swapping out my speakers because right now i'm using these m audios which are eh, you know they're okay i i know like when i have to do critical listening i've got i've got a pair of pmcs <laughs> that i'm Demoing, <laughs> quote unquote, and then uh, and then I've got headphones, so I can go into those and I can really listen to what what's happening. Um, but I just want something that sounds a little better. And you know what sounds really good is the is and the uh, IK multimedia, the little the, the small ones, yeah, the yeah, super the small ones. Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, I've got a nice sub. Why can't I just do? Uh, a close five, a close five one system on those, and I'm mainly mixing. I'm not mixing feature films. I'm doing TV, so it's a lot of dialogue and a lot of standard normal, you know, sound effects. So nothing like 
Well, nothing cool like nothing all Scott Gershon or anything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, Scott's on that. I'm like, think of where Scott is, and I'm on like the exact opposite. <laughs> but I'm like, I bet you that would sound great. It would. It would sound. You have the sub. You have the because the those IKs they they have that mid and they have the highs and they're and that's actually pretty clear. You can hear the plastic a little bit. You really can when you start A B and M between all the different speakers. You hear, but they sound. Good. They 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 will translate a good a good uh, TV mix. That's for sure. Do you, you know, know about Cali Audio? I do know about Cali Audio. Um, I heard their speakers at Guitar Center. I have a tip for you. Um, Go ahead. Because I'm 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 the same. I'm for small and and effective and and uh, affordable. Because I'm just using my desk here because I do mixing and sound as well on the side still my mood lighting job. And I just discovered the Presonus Iris. Iris stuff is very good. It's really good. Yeah, the I Iris sixes and eights. Yeah, and they're very well, cost effective. This, yeah. Yeah, and I have, I have the smallest ones here. The I have Adam A, A7 as well, and uh, uh, the smallest one. I think it's a three and a half or something. Oh, wow. Hmm. And, and uh, it's, it's amazing. And, and my uh, last company, we, um, we put those as surrounds in all, the, mm-hmm. in all the rooms. And not the current one, but the last, the last place I was at, and I thought it was pretty cool. Well, I, I'm going to have to take a look at those because I, I want to replace the, the M-Audios because... In my room, it's not sonically the best, so you can get you can you can get over bad acoustics two ways. You can um, fix the acoustics; that's one way to do it, or you can bring the sound filled in a little closer. So you take the acoustics out of the uh, out of play. Um, thank God, the one thing that I couldn't fix by bringing closer was some bass standing waves. But my good old friend Nick, yeah, <laughs> he, uh, he gave me some uh, some acoustic material after he uh, did his studios, and it took care of the, the bass anyway. So I, I want to know how to get rid of a hundred hertz. <laughs> <laughs> it's not high. It's yeah, not so, low. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> it's that weird kind of buildup. You know? I, I suppose if you really wanted to, you could go into F. Fulton Everett's book on acoustics and use his algorithm to be able to generate a, Helm, <laughs> a Helmholtz resonator that would be designed for 100 hertz. Right? Um, and try doing that in a synth room filled with instruments because it's not okay, clean. How, how about <laughs> Fab Filter, 100 hertz? Boop. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's Bobby Sauerfield. Yes. 100 hertz, uh, yes. baby. You, small room. Uh, well, uh, uh, you know, 18 uh, uh, by 18 uh, uh, foot uh, uh, room. Uh, do the math. Yeah, a, a tube trap is good. Uh, 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 Everett, uh, Alton Everett was his name, right? The best, the best book out. Um, yeah, I think so, bud. You could do that, no doubt. Um, or just make sure you only do stuff and filter everything off, and you won't even hear it. <laughs> yeah, if you only work above 100 hertz, it's not you know, a problem. You know, the thing is, I looked at, I looked at uh, active yeah, just, acoustics, but the problem is the well, room needs to be very clean from obstructions. Yeah, you know, and, and then you need reality. four of them and at 2,500 bucks pop. It gets really, you know, you can spend a lot but of money. It's all down, it's all down to the room, uh, the room ratios. That's really what it is. Obviously, we all know that. But uh, you're just fighting, you know, yeah, trap the corners, resonate that tube traps, as you all know. Bobby knows, we, you know, basically. But just Great. why don't you put on your business card? I only mix for iPhones. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Well, I'll tell you what. There's a lot of different ways, uh, but yeah, sometimes those frequencies, sometimes they just get away from you, and so you have to figure out how to control them. Anyway, that's the story of, of my little studio, and I'm trying to do it like. And I think there's a lot of guys out there. I know there's a lot of guys out there because I have some friends, you know, that are working where you just you can't 
You know, if you're going to take a show and the budgets are definitely not going up, you just have to make it workable so that you can you can live on the thing. And let me just tell you, with prices of everything going sky high, even prices of gas just coming into L.A. for me, you know, I live a couple hours away from L.A. And, you know, it, I drive a Prius, so it never really affected me. But now I'm like, you know, if I go up to L.A. three times a week, that's like... Uh, you know, that's like a half a plug-in. <laughs> no, my favorite is in, we have an Acura car, and one of the headlights went out, or, or, or is having problems. Actually, it's not out yet. So we said, okay, we're going to just replace the headlight. Okay, just a normal headlight. We priced it out for one headlight, $2,000. Oh, my gosh. I, I, the, even the guy who looked it up couldn't believe it. Oh, my gosh. So I said... The car is probably what, maybe fifty. So now you're telling me that five percent of the car it's is one weird. headlight, not two, but one. It must be the whole casing. Well, or something. it is. It's not, because they're all integrated. But still, uh, that's ridiculous. That is, my phone is cheaper than the stand. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. crazy. Uh, just start saving now for the second headlight. So, I know. <laughs> well, you know the good thing is though. I will tell you this before we move on, and we're going to start visiting with our guests. The good thing is, is technology nowadays is just allowing you to do just some amazing things that you shouldn't be able to do. If just, you can find just, it. There's no. I'm talking about just plugins <laughs> oh, and I things know, like I that. I mean, you, there's no reason to have dirty dialogue. Period. Like back in the day when I first started and you're working in reality and you heard some dirty dialogue, especially wideband noise where it was just all over the dialogue frequencies, you could almost get away with it because you're like, all right, they're in this real environment. So that's the way it sounded. But nowadays with the tools that are out there and what you can do to clean this up, it's like, there's just, it's just amazing. Sometimes I'll, I'll go into RX and I'll fix something and I'll just have to like hear the before and the after. Cause I'm just so amazed that whatever voodoo that algorithm does and then and now they have the waves has theirs and theirs is actually really good too you $29 know? for a cube. Yeah, I know a little bit about that I know clarity clarity yeah clarity has and I was amazed at, at, at just how we're living in a golden era so you can make money and you can do pretty decent you just have to know where to spend your, and I'll even money. say it's not super super cheap but transducer technology because you were talking about speakers yeah I mean, I bought a, was it a Warm 67? It sounds really good. And it costs like so much significantly cheaper than a Neumann 67. And, um, and I've heard a lot of comparisons, specifically the 67 compared to the 251 or the 47. Um, this one sounds really, really close to a Neumann 67. Wow. And, uh, but does it take the level, though? That's the problem with a lot of those... Cheaper microphones that they just can't take the SPL. Exactly right. Yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff that I'm doing on it is, is vocal-based. Mm. And I, ha I mean, I was just amazed at how it sounded for what it was. But yeah, I mean, not all of them are the same. Because um, I mean, I just started investing in a 500 series. And a lot of people were talking about the BAE mm -hmm. um, with the 1073 rather than Neve's 1073. As well as, you know, yada, yada, yada. And it, it is fascinating. I think there are people making knockoffs, but not necessarily cheap. I mean, there are the cheap. They, you know, there are manufacturers that say it's sort of that, and it sounds horrible. And some of it's strangely enough not too bad. Well, you know, you're also Bobby's paying a exactly premium right, for the though. name. What say, Bobby? I'm sorry, I'm agreeing with Bobby, uh, Bobby O, because of the, the, the a lot of the, the new microphones, the cheaper ones. 
do sound quite good, but if you put a 67 up in front of a rock male singer, the 67 will definitely stand up, I think, anyway, stand yeah. up better. Yeah. Uh, some of, I, I bought some Rhodes, I've got some Rhodes, NT2s, and they're all right, but they just distort horribly, and they're just like, they're like right. then it sounds like shit. And I'm like, okay, this is Radio Shack rubbish. And, and, and certain things are okay. And yeah. cheaper is also relative because they're not, let's say, 150, they're like 500, yeah. 600, yeah. but they're yeah. not 2,000 yeah, or... More. In the uh, case yeah. of the U67, yeah. $7,500. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the good thing about technology... And I have one I've got to sell. <laughs> the, the, the warm one? Yeah, I've got, I've got, a, I've got a, a tube, uh, a vintage 67 and a, and a 47. I'm going to start selling them soon because I really am not using them anymore. Yeah. It's a shame, but I'm not needing them. And, well, the and good- they, they, they should be used... They should be used. I've got, uh, yeah, 509 is my serial number on my, my 47. Wow. And it's fascinating. The old, do you remember the old Soundlux mics, David Bach? He just got yeah. bought up by uh, UAD. Wow. So now UAD is going to be selling sense. the old David Bach slash Soundlux mics. Wow. That's pretty cool. And wow. talking about buying out and selling out, uh, uh, Mikey spoke about uh, Behringer, but the, the guy at Behringer is buying up a lot of... Uh, a lot of old companies, uh, you know, the old manufacturers like that, that harmonize, uh, even tires and those sorts of companies. I don't know which ones. I installed for my buddy the other day uh, a Dimension D knockoff from Behringer. And we stuck it in there. It was like, that is not, it's, it's much better than a plug-in would do anyway. And it's actually really quite good. I've got real one. But yeah. as far as I can remember, it was not terrible at all. See, I have, wow. I have a hard time. And I think he, he bought the license for it too. I think he bought the license for the technology. I don't know. Right. Well, if he bought the technology, then it's not a knockoff. He's just remanufacturing. But what he's doing in the synth world and, and going after some of the classics, and they're not. The ARP. Oberheim. Yeah. yeah, they're, yeah. And, and if you ever felt what their synths feel like, it's just not the same quality. Who bought, Dave, who bought you know? the, uh, Dave Smith's company? Focus, right? Focus, right. So. Wow. Anyway, all right. Well, um, it, you know, it, it, the thing is that uh, I don't want to get started on it yeah, because we're gonna I'll go, go on for a long I know, time. I but know. it's like the reason that his stuff is so cheap is because he doesn't have to pay for all the R and D that Tom Oberheim oh, had to know, when he invented his synthesizer. And the, you know? the component quality and the fact that they're in China and he's taking advantage of some yes. really cheap labor and uh, you know, just it's just not good. So I, I, we're just going to move on because I don't want to give that any more of a plug. Anyway, um, but yeah, so. Uh, Anyhow, back to my original point was that we're in a we're in a good golden age. Just some really great, exciting things coming up that that's affordable that people can use and and that the working man can use. You know, to go out there and, and make a living. And so there's still opportunities out there. And the fact that you can do it at your house is even better. So um, so that's pretty cool. Hey, uh, first of all, we're gonna um, Thomas. <laughs> we're gonna spend yeah. some time talking to you because speaking of some really cool cool product. Um, Thomas is working with uh, a, a company called uh, Fiedler Audio, and he sent me um, a link to the to the plugin, and I'm gonna let him explain what it is. And I and I checked it out, and it was super cool. And I watched all the videos, and I said, Thomas, you got to join us. And then I told him, and by the way, you're one of our first guests too, so why don't you come and join us for the 16 year anniversary? I can't believe I've known you for that long. Come on, Thomas. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Yes, Tom- absolutely. It's so good to see you guys after all that. Non-traveling time, okay. so at least like this. Hey. Thomas, yeah. Tom, Thomas, I I would see and I you know Thomas at every Nam show, and he's one of those people that you put on your list of people you have to talk to. At least say hi. At least you run into him and you say hi. And it's so easy to find Thomas because his voice just is thundering amongst <laughs> thousands of people. You can still find Thomas. So anyhow, Thomas, mm-hmm. welcome. Thank you for showing up. And why don't you 
you know, thank you for having me. I mean, this man, you know, he works on music. He has his company, and you, you do a lot of stuff. And you, you had the Muso podcast. Are you guys still podcasting? You still doing that podcast? They are still doing that. I'm f still friends with uh, uh, the host, uh, but I uh, stepped out of it a little bit, like uh, three years ago, four years ago. I got you. Um, um, because uh, yeah, sometimes. Um, um, if the themes are coming up again, so what to buy, what to buy, what not to buy, sure. uh, it wears a little bit out. And um, I found myself to be a little bit more about, uh, you know, the content and the creative side of things. And yeah. uh, sometimes people are more interested in gear than in what's actually possible to do with it. Yes. And like you were saying, what technology is able to do right now, uh, it's so amazing and so... Um, it's not the people who have the gear, it's the people who have the ideas and the creativity and the experience and know what they're doing. So uh, that's what counts and uh, that's sort of my uh, my main thing about it because uh, uh, last year I mixed a record just on the laptop and speakers and headphones while I was <clears throat> here and, and traveling as well. And uh, that still amazes me that this is possible because... Yeah, it's so what great. it was in the old days, and uh, that still uh, the democrat the democratization of the uh, production tools. That's that's really cool. But uh, yeah, enough of this. And uh, yeah, my main job is uh, public relations, marketing, and stuff like that. So I work with Kemper Ams, with uh, Salomony, you know, most probably. Yes. And um, yeah. uh, an old friend of mine uh, just called me up, Thomas Fiedler who was, I think, the first one who bought uh, a version of the uh, Lexicon Reverb to, to iOS. This thing was called 8480, like a couple of years ago. And now he teamed up with the Fraunhofer Institute, you know, the guys who invented MP3. And they created a, let's call it a 3D engine, a completely different approach. And they uh, created a 3D object-oriented reverb plugin, which is called Spacelab. And um, actually, when I heard the last podcast of you guys, I heard uh, Scott was saying something about, you know, the 3D audio and the lack of uh, reverb possibilities attached to the objects makes the workflow pretty difficult, if I collect that, if I recall that correctly. And uh, as Spacelab does all this, uh, I thought uh, I definitely have to send Mike a link and maybe share it with the guys. Uh, to get some feedback from you because it's a small company but you know big technology behind that and basically it uh, it's independent from any door so even if you have just a stereo door uh, Spacelab opens up its own multi-channel infrastructure and uh, can you can send any track you like as an object into this room you can define the size and you can define the reverb and then you can move around these objects. And uh, each object has its individual reverb control. So uh, when you have a voice pretty close to the head, the listener, the virtual listener, uh, you can add still um, the reverb to it. And when you move that voice, the reverb travels with it and it travels with it correctly. So that's pretty amazing. You should have to, to sort of, uh, try it out for yourselves. It's pretty amazing. And then it uh, supports all the speaker configurations from stereo to uh, anything that you have in your studio. So uh, also the Atmos what? stuff. And it runs also in parallel to Atmos. 
And uh, it has this Fraunhofer Fiedler audio uh, binauralizer, which uh, allows you to do all this on headphones as well. And if you render this out, uh, and there's a video of this uh, um, where you can hear it on YouTube just with the headphones on, uh, you can move the objects around the head and move them. I listened uh, to, to it in corners the, of the rooms and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I listened to it in preparation for this show and talking to you, and it was very convincing to me. Um, the, just the YouTube video, listening in headphones when the the singer, when the vocalist sound went behind your head, it absolutely mm -hmm. felt like it was going behind your head, and it had a different, a completely different sense than when it was supposed to be sitting right in front of you out there. Are, are I, they? Okay. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. I didn't hear as much with uh, the up and down, but that's true with a yeah, lot of the sorry, binaural yeah. stuff. But there mm -hmm. was some of it. It was. It sounded really, really good. What kind of uh, binaural model are they using? You know, uh, it's a new, a completely new system that he, as I said, um, developed together with uh, Fraunhofer Institute. So uh, it's the, yeah, it's a Fiedler audio binauralizer. That's it's, great. Uh, not not yeah. uh, compared to anything. And the good thing is. Um, Because creatively, now with everybody talking about spatial audio and some of the, um, I would say, um, sonic or uh, you know, the shortcomings with it, I, maybe that's something we can talk about a little bit briefly as well. Um, it's so great that you can, that any artist basically can create headphone surround now for his fans, his audiences, and maybe... Uh, sell or offer a second edition of, of an album without having a needing to have a full spatial audio um, Dolby Atmos certified studio or something like this or use the Atmos renderer. And that's, I think, a pretty good thing for creativity. And also, that's, that's another thing we just found out last week, which was, which was of, of course, already built in. When you have the, the objects in the room, They are uh, they, uh, the the sonics change when you move objects around in the room. So, for example, if you move drums pretty far to the back, you lose a lot of uh, the transients, for example, usually, and uh, uh, the the attack gets gets softer. But there's this mix uh, um, knob for every object where you can add the original. Um, To it as well, so you have the room, and you can fine-tune how much of the original attack you might you might want as well on top of try that. And that's also pretty unique. And as the original delayed where the sound for the reverb would be, like if it's 30 meters hypothetically back, does it it's like a wet dry mix, but also back? Is that, is that yes. what it is? Sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. So, so, the, yes. so they wouldn't be able the drums there in the reverb. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. Right, and how does right. it interact? And how does it integrate? Because I use Atmos quite a bit. How does it? How do you run it parallelly with an Atmos renderer? So, Or is that uh, how you um, use it? Yeah, it's um, uh, in a nutshell, it opens up its own um, routing. So if you have Logic or something like Cubase, uh, you just uh, create an effects return and you put in Spacelab, even if you're working completely in stereo. And then okay. there's this plugin called Beam. And... Uh, um, You insert that this plugin into any track you want to send to the space lab. I see. And it's a completely uh, it's completely sep separate uh, signal routing uh, apart from sure. independent from anything you have going. And you can even if you're working in in Atmos seven point 
with the multi-channel stuff, you can run a stereo instance, uh, uh, instant of Spacelab or you can use uh, the 7.1, 2 channels to get into Spacelab uh, in monthly, with multi-channel as well. So uh, you're very, very flexible and um, that's... Uh, so so yeah. the objects, are, are, are the objects, they're reverb objects and I don't want to take away too long with this, but I, I guess are the, are the objects of the reverb objects, are they similar to how the Atmos objects are moved around or is, is yes, that the same concept? Yes, basically okay. the same and uh, uh, they don't have to be reverb concepts. You can make each uh, object dry or, you know, dial in the amount of... Uh, Wetness. Uh, oh, it's pretty. Amazing. I see. So, so if, if it was if it was dry and I put it in the back of my head it, and I was listening on Ambisonics or in headphones on the seven one seven dot one dot twos, it would actually move over here, but it would be dry, basically. Is yes. that what it is? Yes. Yeah. Yes. If, if and you can, yeah, and you can add the reverb, or you can even have uh, this with uh, a lot of amazing parameters. So you can. Um, uh, um, uh, define the acoustic size right. of an object as well. Yeah. If it's like uh, you don't, yeah, you don't see me, of course. If it's like small, like a fist, uh, close to your ear, or you can make it bigger but close, yeah. stuff like that. Right. It's pretty amazing. If you've if so you've worked quite if, if you've worked in Atmos, it's it has a very familiar feel. As soon as I saw the interface and I saw what it was, it's like okay, I, I can understand this. Once you once you see it, it has a very with the way it handles the objects and things like that. Um, what's really cool, um, Thomas, is when I was um, watching all the videos and looking at all that stuff. I love the way you can just on a simple two track you know um session you know you can get all this um amazing surround capabilities for me that without having to go into like my big template or anything if i just wanted to do quick sound design to see how it would pan out and um and uh and surround and i, and I just i thought that was really great it looked super easy to get in you have all the parameters you have all the eq everything you need on the actual reverb itself so i can't wait to experiment more with it but yeah it's it looks like it's it's pretty cool and uh that's interesting and the thing is, uh, like from the creative side of things, now with this you're total, totally flexible because you don't have to change your session to to multi-channel. If you, because usually when you're writing and creating, you're not uh, thinking in in Atmos. I think yeah, maybe yes, true. but uh, I think a lot of musicians won't. And so you're working in your stereo environment, and then uh, when it comes to whatever the vocals or special things like this, you can just take a couple of your tracks. And put them into space lab and move them around, and then it's going to be seen how well this would translate to uh, a stereo setup afterwards as well. But when you put on the headphones, you have the the moving or the placement of, uh, for example, uh, the voices or the choir uh, um, in in space, while the rest of your stuff, you know, the drums and the bass, and that's what really important. Uh, with the transients, uh, it's it's really pumping and kicking, and then you have uh, some objects in front of it moving acoustically. That's going to be interesting. What people will come up with and and how they integrate this and mix it in terms of uh, yeah, creating some creating uh, um, creative content. Because I don't know what you guys think. Because uh, I just uh, for this you know working on this uh, subject, I I even got the AirPod Max. Yeah. The uh, uh, the expensive uh, yep. 
Apple speakers to, to check out all the spatial audio stuff that's going on on Apple Music. And uh, um, it's hard to find stuff that's uh, uh, really exciting. I don't know what you, you, you guys are thinking about the, <coughs> the uh, state of spatial audio for uh, the consumers. Yet. Um, it and, seems um, like it's much better for film than for music. Well, but I, I actually have a question, though. Sure. Can I just back us up for one second before sure. we go there? Have you been able to compare the, the quality of the spatial mixing in the Feeder plugin versus like Logics or Ambisonics or anybody else? As far as accuracy and positioning, uh, I myself I have um, I have Logic with Dolby Atmos, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm only using uh, the bin oral version because I just have a stereo setup here, and uh, was comparing it to uh, uh, the Spacelab bin oral. It's hard to say. Uh, well. Nobody would believe me because I work with the company. But I'd, I'd believe I think, you. I think it's much, much. I think it's much clearer, and the room impression is uh, uh, much more intense. Um, uh, the missus at home is sort of uh, audio agnostic, <laughs> and uh, I played her some stuff uh, via headphones. I, I did with uh, with the Atmos thing like a couple of months ago, and. She, He really couldn't sense uh, the stuff, and then uh, I, I played the the video uh, Mike saw as well, with the voice and the synth and the finger snapping, and um, she immediately got that. So that's from a consumer who basically is not, you know, trained to listen for details in a mix and stuff like that. So that's what I can say, and I would say, just uh, go to YouTube and check out the video and and judge for yourself. Because I think it's a little bit clearer and the room is more defined. But, you know, it's taste. And with headphones, we're talking about headphones, uh, you know how different headphones can sound. You know? yeah. Sure. The, uh, um, I, a lot of headphones do have a stage and take the mix a little bit further away anyways. That's what, how they are designed. I prefer the, uh, people hate me for that, uh, uh, the old monsters <laughs> from, from Beats because they're dead dry and have that... Low end, which is which, which makes it possible to even do some EQ uh, uh, decisions. But uh, yeah, there's another discussion about the headphones. So, but that's why the thing is, they sound so different. So it's better for everybody to to listen for for themselves. Well, um, I've been meaning to try beat. Why don't you uh, Why don't you tell uh, tell everybody where they can download a demo so they can hear it for themselves, Thomas? Yeah, just uh, visit um, Fiedler. Uh, it's not Fiddler, Fiedler. F I e d l e r minus audio.com or just um, uh, put uh, look it up uh, google and uh, check for spacelab interstellar because there are two versions of the plugins the big one is the spacelab interstellar which supports 256 objects and has a spectral wow. eq and a lot of uh, uh, um, pro features like uh, you know the sonic size of um, uh, uh, the objects and the small one is space lab ignition you can find that on google as well and that's uh, the yeah we would like to call it the musicians version it supports 24 objects i think and um, basically has the same room engine and uh, uh, that's that's uh, the more affordable version until may 18th actually there's a sale uh, the ignition version just goes for i think 149 
And um, yeah, there are demos, uh, trial versions available as well. And check out the, the videos on YouTube. Uh, you find them under Fiedler Audio, uh, where you can hear with your headphones, you know, how the space works, uh, the moving the objects works and how to set it up. And, uh, you know, basically the manual is in form of uh, tutorial videos uh, on YouTube. And if you have a fast computer, is the, is the latency pretty good? Uh, yeah, uh, within the door, it's uh, it's no problem. And if you're doing some other stuff uh, with your door, uh, in terms of mixing and you know volumes and stuff like that, uh, it's like your latency. It works with uh, your preferred latency. It doesn't right. uh, take a, well, it takes some power. But uh, I have a MacBook from 2019 here, and uh, um, it works flawlessly. That's great. And could it work for a live application by any chance? Or is Actually, it? Um, theoretically, yes. If uh, the computer is fast enough, uh, you could put it into main stage, for example. Okay, also. we're we're gonna have to talk. <laughs> well, yeah, of I course. Know you know what, yeah. Thomas? Yeah. Just drop me an email. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> of course. I look forward to. Uh, to giving this a big workout, I actually downloaded it, but I was in the middle of, of mixing this pilot. And as a rule, another one of my little quirks, I don't install any new plugins while I'm working on a project. That's called being oh, smart. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't, I, you know, no matter what it is, let me finish this and then, then we can go. So thank you, Thomas, so much for telling us about that. When I saw that and I looked at the, at the, uh, at the YouTube and all the, the uh, videos online, I was like, this is going to be really cool. It's going to be just another tool in the arsenal. But man, if just you can create space within a space within a space. I mean, it's just one of those things where your just mind can just start going crazy. And, and who knows, you know, if you ever get, get the need to create the inside of a caterpillar's stomach from the point of view of an ant or something, I don't know. It's just <laughs> <laughs> something weird like that. So thank you so much. And, and Thomas, thank you so much for being a friend of the podcast. When you said you listened to our last hey, podcast, you're thank, like one of the seven thank listeners. Thank you, guys. I mean, it's amazing <laughs> that you're doing it. And, uh, uh, you know, all this, uh, the information and the wisdom in terms of workflows and, and dealing with, uh, you know, uh, hardships and, and uh, long nights and all this creative stuff uh, you've guys been sharing with the world for now 16 years. 16 right? years, yeah. Yeah, it's just amazing, and uh, um, so keep on keep on going. Oh. And uh, too bad as it looks, we won't meet at NAM this year. I but, know. Uh, definitely next uh, year. You know, it's even worse. So I don't know yet, but it looks like we're not going from from Germany. Oh, so what was even? I've been for three years now. Wow. Oh, yeah. I was I was planning on coming because I did all this filming before the pandemic, and I was planning on doing a uh, a German leg. And I was going to give you a buzz, and then the whole yeah, pandemic yeah, yeah. happened. I was that just bummed me out, man. But it's starting to pick up again, so we'll see if things, you know, mellow out Definitely. in the world. We'll see what happens. Let me know, and I can yep. introduce it to absolutely a lot of people. <laughs> it's so great. Well, now we're going to go from uh, the virtual plugin. We're going to go to a little bit of reality, and we've got um, Aaron. Higgins here from uh, Ten Ten. So he was on—I forgot which podcast it was, but it was like last year. And and like I said, we were talking about the, at that time the little blue box mixer. And um, 
we had a great conversation. I, I love I loved your company, and, and you started with your rack modules, and, and now you're doing some really great stuff. And now you've got some really cool, I mean, not that the other stuff wasn't cool, but this is, this what you showed me earlier today was just amazing. And I want you to just uh, introduce yourself again and, and tell us what you have right now. Sure. Thanks very much. Um, yes, yeah, so we've evolved from doing your rack modules, which is a great place to get started in hardware because uh, it's a low barrier to entry. You've got super geeky stuff with a you know forgiving audience that will kind of show you the way, and and, and it's just easier to get started. Um, so we did did some of those things first of all, but then it becomes clear over time that that. More and more, there's a small but fervent audience of Eurac people, but there's a much bigger audience of people who you know use tabletop gear or start with one piece and maybe evolve into two or three pieces. So we wanted to reach a broader market, and we wanted to like sort of bring more to the party because Eurac modules and module synthesis in general, you're dealing with pieces and parts. Like this is an oscillator by itself. This is an envelope by itself. So you're able to to actually build an instrument to do something that's polyphonic, for example, you kind of have to build more pieces together and, and take on more of the responsibility. So as you mentioned, we did a, a sampler called Black Box, which was you know a useful MPC style, you know, Ableton style device about five inches by five inches. We followed that on with a similar form factor called Blue Box, which is a digital mixer. Um, that one has 12 channels in, three channels out. But we, we wanted to take it further and go, how small is too small? Like how can we take instruments and build like essentially virtual plugins, small physical plugins. Um, so I've got in front of me you know, two devices called the Nanobox. They're about the size of a deck of cards or about the size of a cassette. Um, they're in bright fruit colors. Uh, I brought some candy here to, to uh, go along with the idea that one is called Nano, one is called Nanobox Fireball, and the other one is called Nanobox Lemon Drop. The Lemon Drop is a granular synthesizer. Um, they've got touchscreens, both of them. The lemon drop is bright yellow. The fireball is bright red. Um, they are instruments in their own right. Um, we hired a very talented sound designer, Drew Newman. I don't know if any of you guys have worked with him or know him. Uh, he was enormously helpful in, in both you know, showing the way in terms of what a good instrument does and what the characteristics are. Uh, he's also done a lot of work with sequential circuits and other companies. Uh, and also doing the sound design and making it truly an instrument so that will hopefully inspire people to build new and interesting things. Wow, <laughs> that's like, like I don't want to go too far, but he's I mean, he's got him behind a box. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, so uh, let's let's talk really quick about the um, about the, um, the fireball. Well, not fireball. The the one that you have is uh, so this is lemon drop. Lemon no drop. One. That's it. Um, so it has a, a three point five millimeter MIDI in right and. Uh, Right. In, in order to achieve the size, it's got 3.5 millimeter jacks for both MIDI and audio. And there's even a clock input on these devices. Um, it's powered by USB. It's got a micro SD slot. Um, it's got a two inch touchscreen. Um, and it is, you know, full fidelity, you know, akin to what you might see on a phone in terms of like animations and, you know, detail and that sort of thing in color. So and you, frame rate. Go ahead. And USB, you plug it into your computer, it'll show up as a as a, another USB. Not not as an audio interface, but as a as an instrument. Could you No, it's it's strictly powered via USB. I mean there's some oh, okay. provisions to do that later, but right now it's strictly a standalone device that's powered by USB. So you have to use the uh, the MIDI uh, the three 3.5 inch, I mean, 3.5 millimeter. If you want to connect it to something else, yeah. you certainly can. Yeah. Uh, you can also do some internal control. There's a touchscreen based mode. Yeah, which got, is cool. You know, so you could do it internally if you're on the go or you don't need to do much more than start a couple of notes. That's great. It's so tiny. Uh, it, and- it, 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 
Is it DSP? I can't. I haven't seen. I can't see it from here. Obviously, I can just see oh, go, the little thing. Oh, that's pretty, wow. man. That's so wait, wow. it, it, here's a phone. Right. Oh, yeah. Wow, it's lovely. It's smaller than a lot smaller than a phone. Yeah. Yeah. But, but half the size. <clears throat> but I have to tell you, I heard it, That's and it does not sound small at all. No, pull pull it back a little it's bit. It's totally yeah. legit. It's a real musical wow, instrument. Wow, amazing. It's not a toy. Thank you, Dick. I think it's <laughs> Yeah. <coughs> Sorry. No, and, it, and so that it, it gets powered 5-volt DC through USB, I guess, and then you got you got uh, CV and gate in, or uh, what, is, what triggers it, or how do you play it? Uh, you can play it from the touchscreen. Um, there's a, a touchscreen mode here where if you see you've got a, yeah. a grid where oh, I see. different, like a I chaos oscillator where you've got oh. the different notes and a scale so to make maximum use I of see. the screen. Or a MIDI input. I mean, hook up whatever you want. A, a you know, 88 key weighted keyboard or a you know, touch uh, 4x4 grid of pads, kind of whatever you like. And, and how do you interface to it from a keyboard, like a like a USB it's, keyboard it, or a MIDI? No, it's got a mini. It's MIDI, but it uses a a mini like a mini three point five uh, millimeter jack, but it's MIDI. Mm -hmm. Oh, it doesn't oh, it use is MIDI. So, so yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've seen the three point five millimeter uh, dongles, and yeah. now increasingly more and more devices are using three point five directly. And um, there's sadly, right. as with most standards, there's two competing formats. We've at least figured out a way. So on the input side, it's auto sensing, so you can just plug in whichever, and it will figure out which one oh, that's to cool. respond to. But um, yeah, increasingly those five pin din jacks are just ridiculously big, and it dictates form factor. Yeah. When that's kind of sad. Well, you know, it's hilarious that we've gotten to where the synths are not as fat as a MIDI connector, <laughs> right? You know? <laughs> but well, it sounds amazing. I will tell you, well, for well, it's better than DCB connectors. Yeah. Well, that's true. That's <laughs> true. DCB. <laughs> Being a, uh, a granular synth, uh, when I first heard it, um, you know how sometimes granular can get to annoying granular? Like, it just can get, like, very edgy. And staticky and just, I don't know. This has a very smooth sound, and it's still granular, but it definitely has a smoother sound than some of my granular. Uh, and obviously, that's virtue of, by virtue of really good programming, too. I'm sure it could sound horrible if you wanted to program it to sound there horrible. There is a distortion algorithm in there if you want that. So. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a... I bet you I can make it sound horrible. Okay. <laughs> Please try. Um, no, there's a lot going on there. I, I mean, good sound design, you know, a lot of, you know, relentless, like, hey, I can hear a tick when I do this and this and this. Like, okay, you're right. We'll go back and fix that. And, you know... A lot of back and forth, a lot of just careful choice of the curves. You know, the grains uh, have a, you know, I forget the name of this shape, but I think it's like a cosine shape, so it's very smooth. And when you layer stuff together, you can blend a vocal and play up to 16 grains per oscillator. So it's a matter of just layering and, you know, smoothing and, and good waveform choices. And is it uh, firmware upgradable? Are you going to be doing upgrades for it? Or so, yeah, it we've already upgraded since we've shifted. So there's, thankfully, in, in this form factor, there's not a need to do a ton of new stuff, but uh -huh. You know, our track record is to constantly provide new features over time. Oh my, that's so cool. <laughs> well, yeah, let me, let me jump in and speak to that for a sec. You know, I've been I've been using Aaron's stuff since he started the company, and absolutely everything he has ever built, you go up to the website, and you know the the firmware is always there for you, and it's so easy to be able to download it. You put it onto the micro SD card, you name it the right thing, you know, dot bin. You hold down two buttons, you power it up, and boom, firmware is there and working, and new features are. Arrive, and they've always firmware updates have always been free, if I recall correctly. That's correct. 
And it has. Is it available in Australia? That's the question for me. Um, yes, it is. We have a distributor in <laughs> yeah. Australia. Um, and please, you know, go to our website, 1010music.com. That's 1010music.com. And there's a list of our dealers, including some in Australia. And what's really cool Lovely. is okay, you, can, you can import your own sounds, right? It has a micro SD slot. Yeah, right. By nature of running off micro SD. And that's the micro SD cards are just ridiculously big nowadays like you can you know it ships with a 32 gigabyte card one day the factory said is it okay if we upgrade the 32 gigs like okay uh-huh. you know it's that stuff you know I, I know you've worked on floppy disks like i did in many years ago so it's just ridiculously big you can import your own samples and you know yes you can only load 30 seconds of a given sample in memory for granular simply because you need to hit it so hard sure it needs to be cached but yes you can load your own samples and thirty. I mean, come on. You're working granular, so you're 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 gonna take you're gonna take a slice of that thirty seconds. It's not it's not like I mean, anytime I've ever tweaked any of my own stuff with granular, it's literally it's been you know seconds at the most. So it's that's 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 plenty, especially for the sound you get out of those little box. That's so cool. I'm already figuring out my next airplane uh, in the air music <laughs> system because uh, I'm a big fan of traveling with gear to create. You know, and that that is. Cool. That is just cool. And what is the uh, what's the other one? The Fireball. What so is the it Fireball do? is a sort of sister product to Lemon Drop. It's a wavetable synthesizer. I should point out that both have um, they're polyphonic. Um, both have um, a voice architecture consisting of two specialized oscillators plus a sub oscillator. Um, so in, let's start with the Fireball this time. The Fireball has two wavetables plus a sub oscillator times eight. So that's what is that? Three a times lot. eight. A lot. A lot. <laughs> a lot of different notes at once. Especially once you dial in the unison mode and so forth. You can really generate a quite a wall of sound. Uh, the lemon drop by nature of being granular and having a you know deeper uh, reach, it's only four no polyphony. So four times three, twelve oscillators at once. I tell you what, with lemon drop, I, I, a I don't think I would ever hook it up to a uh, a keyboard because I I just like the the concept of having to think differently by playing it on the touch screen itself. But second of all, man, as a as a signal generator to feed into you know my little DAW that I take with me on the airplane and just to be able to just have fun and do all kinds of crazy stuff and then sending you know samples back and forth that that's exciting man that makes that trip to like japan that's you know nine hours or 13 hours seem like you know two and a half hours you know yeah even if you're sitting in coach (laughs) (laughs) i know because i'm tiny it's so true and can you render its sound internally or do you just record its audio output um, you can uh, record internally. You can, you know, sort of render to disk. Uh, it also has a line input, so you can granularize, granularize uh, like incoming audio and oh. mix it up as you go. Oh my oh. gosh, my head just exploded. <laughs> <laughs> or you could record something in and then use it as a static buffer. Renders, That's really cool. It renders internally. That is so cool. That is cool. Because that makes. So could you sense. use it as a plugin? You could use it as a real time plugin in a mix or, or not? Like, could you get. Is there obviously there's, is there a, a calculation or a latency? Is it throughput latency? I mean, there's certainly some amount of latency. I mean, it's it's in terms of is it a plugin? You can't just plug it in and have it appear in your DAW. You yeah. have to you use no, it like no, an external sorry, PC I mean like, Sorry, I'm meaning old-fashioned plugin like a, a, a analog console. And I'll take a, an auxiliary send out, stick it into it on on, on a. And then and try and return it on on the channel, so to speak. Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, and in terms of. A, a, Please go ahead. No, I'm sorry. And so, so the throughput latencies. I mean, for example, if I had a mix-up and I thought, well, let me put some granular stuff on the snare drum of a real drummer or whatever, 
I could actually do that. It would allow me to do that. And it would, uh, uh, time-wise, I mean, latency-wise. I mean, certainly, you know, you, there's a few milliseconds of delay that's, you know, inevitable. And, and certainly to oh, get a, a full-fledged okay. grain, like, you need to be, you know, you, you have to, and depending on what you're doing with pitch, that's like, you know, you have to sure. you know, work that's a little bit. break it down. <laughs> Bobby, it can't stop physics. It can't go into the future. You know, <laughs> it but, can't go into the yeah, future, no, 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 process your audio, and then send it with no latency. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. But, but, yeah, of course, but then you just offset whatever you're sending to it. No, no, I, I understand. Latency, but if the latency is a finite amount, then I go, okay, well, it's always seven and a half milliseconds. I go, okay, I pass the seven and a half milliseconds. I've got phase accuracy and I can granular, parallel granular or something. I, I think you're going anyway, to have a harder time finding the, the cabling to hook this up to your console than you are to actually oh, no, all, make all it my, work. So there you go. It's that user-friendly. Yeah, I've got rolls of those. Those old cables, because I used to have all my stuff used to be CV and gate for these the minis. There you go. I used to have them all patched. I got tons of patches, so I could use one of those. I definitely <laughs> will want to get one. It looks lovely. That lemon drop looks smoking. I'm going to get definitely get one. Yeah, and just you know, if you go to the if you go to the website and you look at the size, I mean, they are tiny but workable. But man, like your iPhone is like Scott was saying is bigger than these things. It's it's really having a little thing like that in your pocket is just that's my way of okay. like of. Of passing time, like some people play Candy Crush, I would totally just jump into something like that just to see. And the fact that you can record means you won't lose anything cool that you create, and that to me is exciting. You know, well, and just the fact that it has a two-inch color touch screen for this price—I mean, it's it's kind of unbelievable. What so. is the price? So the price is three ninety-nine US. So oh, I'll, I'll okay. go one better for you for your airplane mode. Yeah. Forget about bringing your laptop and your DAW at all. Just bring the uh, the lemon drop and a black box. Yeah, I was. And I, then it's all <laughs> in the ten ten family, and you can do tons of then, stuff with. I, I I you know it's just my road dog. Back in the day when I used to design all these racks and everything, I just I always like to get things smaller and smaller and smaller. And then I thought I hit it when I was doing Atmos mixes in on the airplane with my M one, but this. To have hardware, oh man, I can see exactly how I could Velcro that onto my little work surface. That's amazing. Yeah, and I've, I've enjoyed creating a, a suitcase rig to take with me on trade shows. It's getting smaller I, and smaller. And I know. Could you with your black box and blue box and these? So, so do you have a, do you have a holder that if you want to put some of these boxes together? No, but we're you know seriously looking at that because that's a, a good idea. Because you sit there and you go, I've got two of them now. They're all like, well, it's getting to where it's not a road case anymore. It's like a wallet. <laughs> I mean, smaller. Yeah, it's getting it's, so yeah. small. It's, you know, it's like a bento box. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like those Advil, uh, wow. the, the old Advil uh, briefcases. You know that, that you see all the time. You used to see all the well, time. Like Stevie for his harmonica always had like this thing that looked like a super intense anvil case <laughs> yes. to hold a little tiny exactly. harmonica. Something like that. Between that and an, and uh, I mean, my brain's exploding. But between that and what you can do with an M1 Mac and tiny speakers. You can just you could create the ultimate like hotel room you know music production and man that's just a dream come true especially for you know someone like myself when I do a lot of traveling I I just sometimes when you're in a hotel and and Bobby you you travel a lot and I know Rob you do and I just get does. hookers what's wrong with you no guys? no but sometimes <laughs> sometimes when you travel. You just—it's really inspiring when you get out of your when you get out of your normal environment. When you go to someplace else, sometimes I get the best ideas, and that's why I always bring something yeah. musical with me because I I can I can 
work on it. And with these little 1010 gadgets, you can get five of them for less than a Lexus headlight. <laughs> <laughs> or you could put five of them accurate, on the front of your accurate. Oh, sorry, I'm sure we project. Right, yeah, if the sure. screen was brighter, you could use it as a headlight. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for joining us, man. And this is, you know, my pleasure. First of all, I'm glad you guys made it through the whole pandemic and I'm glad you're you're on the other side and you're you're thriving and you're you're, you know, creating new new stuff and and i don't want to you know be the bad guy but you know this reminds me of teenage engineering but with less zeros and and it's really like this is cool this this whole thing this whole sub miniature small stuff it's this is really you know there's a place for this especially with the way um things are going and, and space is becoming um, more precious. It's really, really cool, and I just, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the, of all your products and all this stuff. So, thank you, glad to hear. Mm-hmm. We've, we've enjoyed hooking it with other stuff like a circuit. The Novation circuit is really nice companion to this because the sequencer controller, you know, yeah. has some of its own internal synth. That's kind of a nice companion. So it's, it's fun to play in that space, and it's, it's you know, making your own instrument on a slightly bigger scale. You're using bigger pieces and you know less expensive gear. You know, unlike your Iraq. So yeah, it's very rewarding in many ways. And for what it is, it's it's so powerful and it's so reasonably priced. You know, it really is. So it, that's the best thing. All your stuff is is really reasonably priced, and I think that's what's that's fantastic. It's really great. It keeps it affordable, and people are going to use it. So. I already know a few people that it would be a stocking stuffer for later this year. Mm. It's like the one. perfect thing. That's me you're talking about. <laughs> That's yeah, so, I was thinking you could I'll get me one. <laughs> I'll give you my address. Though. Okay, yeah, I've got your address. <laughs> All right, well, hey, we're gonna we're gonna start wrapping this up because uh, Bobby's starting to feel really, really good now. <laughs> uh, but uh, I just want to thank everybody. You know, like I said, this is we're gonna start. We're starting year seventeen. Year seventeen for this podcast. And I remember when we started, wow. it was just we started on my tenth birthday. I remember. You know, the only one that's not here is is Pagey Boy and Pagey Boy because he does his own thing now. And I and and I haven't seen him since the whole pandemic. So I call him. I go, why are you? But he's, he's kind doing of his a, owl's nest now. Yeah, he's do, and he's doing his hermit thing. So we got to get him out. But uh, but really, the fact that that we're all still here, a just here on the planet, is one good thing. Um, and the fact that we're you know we're still we still get together and have some laughs. And, and I just want to thank each one of you guys, you know. And it's been really great. And Bobby Osinski, when he joined us, that was fantastic. That was like a coup, man. That's like landing Sandy Koufax as a pitcher. <laughs> Scott, Scott's been here, you know, and, and Scott's awesome with all his big projects. He keeps us all relevant into that super high level. And, and Nick and all his stuff that he's going on and, and his, I mean, if you ever know Nick's background with recording and with music and stuff like that talk about an encyclopedia and a man who's done stuff and then over here and a great b3 player yes and he's an amazing keyboard player and speaking of amazing keyboard we have rob who's just a phenom on the keyboard but also he kind of got me into this whole thing if it wasn't for rob i don't think we'd have a podcast because he was basically my boss on stevie wonder um back in the day and uh he was you know he, let me just tell you when i first met rob, he, rob you know how rob's no nonsense and and you don't really know but rob's a hilarious guy he has the best sense of humor well you've heard it on the podcast every now and then <laughs> but when you first meet him 
He's no nonsense. So he's intimidating. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm not intimidating. Yes, you are. You are just you are no nonsense, and you were really like. Oh, oh I need to start working. Like, <laughs> more. So I was I was a little nervous at the very beginning, but the cool thing was you know Kevin was kind of like the buffer because you and Kevin kind of warmed up really quick, and so it kind of I kind of took the edge off you, and then uh, but then when you left and then. You know, other people filled in. It just wasn't the same. But uh, <laughs> that'll be a story for a whole other podcast. <laughs> a story. But yeah, so but yeah, I've known Rob. Rob, you know, was back there one of my first gigs that I that I got. Actually, Stevie Wonder was my. Okay, every once in a while, you you meet people who are kind of lucky. My first gig was Striper, but my second gig was Natalie Cole, and my third gig was Stevie Wonder. So talk about climbing <laughs> climbing the ladder fast. <laughs> that was like. Boop, 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 you know so um, but you know I just want to thank Rob and thank all you guys um, and by the way I, I gotta give a shout out to Bobby O who started his his podcast um, while he's been a, a member of ours and his podcast is amazing and you should listen to it and you should read his blogs because he's introduced me to some great plugins some great gear and uh like the the reverse reverb plugin that was awesome, and then meters the 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 meters one, I'm I'm so on the fence because I've got a ton of metering, but that the fact that you can build your own interface yeah, on that that's very slick. It's so I would decibel. Almost, it's called yeah decibel. That's it. I would almost buy a a giant screen just to hook that up and to configure it because I'm constantly looking at my well and levels now are everything. You got to you have to monitor your levels now. Um, because I've got a great story that we'll do next week where I mixed the film and then they ran it through a legalizer and I mixed it for film and they legalized for basically TV and it just destroyed the mix. Fix it back? No, it passed and that was even worse. And that's what I was talking to Rob about. I want to check my mix because that's not what my mix sounded like. But then they legalized it and they squished it because I had all this dynamic range. It's a horror movie, right? So you want slams and you want hits and you want things to punch and it just squished it down they're like embarrassing so anyway hey mike we have to uh, very it's actually very important that we also point out that uh without you this podcast would not exist and no, you were the one that created it mm-hmm. and you were the one that has been here and done it and done all the editing and done all the everything yeah. for all of these years so uh, thank you brother Absolutely. thank no, you, you for creating fun. this you know what it's just fun and it's been a passion project and you know you guys are my friends and that's the number one thing is we're Oh, you're not my friend. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's not one guy in here that that I couldn't, you know, call in the middle of the night and and you know lean on. And I've leaned on on some people here a lot, and they've saved me more than once. So, anyway, all right, guys. Well, hey, if you have any comments or questions, well, you know what? I'm sorry, but we got to do our round trip around the table. Bobby, are you uh, working on anything you can talk about? I know your book just came out. Just pen- uh, published the fifth edition of the Mixing Engineer's Handbook a couple weeks ago and uh, went to number one on Amazon in a couple categories again. And uh, this time it was different because besides Amazon, we did fulfillment, self-fulfillment. Wow. At a, a really good price. So it went very well. That's fantastic. Yeah. See? Sandy Koufax, like I said. <laughs> uh, Scott, how about you? I know you're working on stuff you can't talk about. <laughs> yeah, I, I can say that I'm, I'm working with Guillermo del Toro on a new film. Wow. Uh, and I finish, it'll come out on Christmas. Uh, it'll be pretty cool. Um, I think that's all I can say on that front. Something I wanted to say also, just because we were talking about um, Atmos, 
Uh, just because I'm, I'm kind of weird. I'm putting on uh, two six-hour seminars starting in September, Saturday morning, 10 a.m., and it's called Lost in Translation. It's about non-theatrical Atmos. And I've got some of the biggest experts. I got even our wonderful Andrew Sheps is going to be joining, and I've got Richard Chicky on it. We've got uh, one seminar totally dedicated to music. One we're getting the people from Sonos coming in, Harmon coming in, and we're going to be talking about people build studios. So we're getting studio owners and manufacturers who make, you know, because the question I had was. It's not about theatrical. We know a lot about Atmos theatrical. But when you say I've got an uh, Amazon studio and it's Atmos, how do you mix for it? What studios do you use? Are you using just amazing speakers and then it plays on what? So we're getting uh, a bunch of different people. We have one seminar dedicated to music. One seminar is dedicated to mixers and post. One's based on the manufacturing. One is editorial. It's going to be pretty awesome. And it starts uh, early September for uh, six weeks, six two-hour things. And that's uh, we're pretty excited. We've got a great, amazing list of people that are coming on board. And it's going to be free and open to the public. And um, what company is it under? What? So what we're doing is I'm part of an organization called EATMA. EATMA is a mentoring educational program. Uh, we do a lot for colleges, so we've been doing a lot of speed mentoring with all the major schools in, in the world. And now we're um, decided to do one for the industry. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it's something that we're putting that, you know, it's kind of one of my brainchilds and I've got Maureen Downey on it and we've got a lot of great, just amazing people that are being part of it. We joined it with EATMA and, uh, you know, it's, it's still coming together, but stay tuned. You can hear a lot about it. And, uh, you know, because I think that's a big discussion is uh, how do people play Atmos at home? You know, is it headphones? We're, we're all, we are going to talk about Atmos. There'll be other seminars coming that we'll be talking about submersive, uh, immersive audio that's not Atmos. But right now we're phasing and gaming. It's not about that. We're, we're very going to take baby steps and talk about this stuff. Okay. Uh, just so you know, I've wasted more hours on my quest my oculus quest 2 playing a uh, multiplayer shooter game uh-huh. and relying heavily on the audio yeah so i know where these guys are coming and it's it just blows me away how the immersive audio and especially on the quest how good it is and, 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 and it's and, really good and you know essentially when we talk about um i just call it linear audio about objects uh objects have existed in gaming since the beginning of gaming so being able to take an object and move it within acoustical space or within that, that's, that's something that's been happening. Obviously, it's, it, it's always been CPU uh, a, a derivative, but it's interesting how gaming, I mean, all the um, all films now are being shot and pre-vised on Unreal Engines. Right. So now what's happening is the gaming world, and this is called linear, are joining together where it's, it's not becoming one or that. They're coming together. The technologies are coming. Object-based everything has been in gaming on Weiss and FMOD for a very, very long time. So it's fascinating to see the convergence of the technologies. Um, and that's why, you know, anyway, so that, that's, that's it. 
Cool. Well, looking forward to that. Uh, Aaron, oh. I know you've got the uh, you've got your uh, fireball and lemon drop, um, and uh, anything else that you can talk about? Yeah, we're just we're going to be at Superbooth. We're going to be at Nam, and look forward to seeing you all in person. Woohoo! Great. You uh, sure will. <laughs> yes. And uh, Thomas, uh, we've got uh, Feedler Audio. Is there any anything else you want to you want to plug really quick? Anything you're working on? You want to talk about? Uh. Not yet, nothing I can talk about yet. Um, so it's just uh, all the products and the companies I'm working with uh, have uh, like evolutionary products. So you can expect uh, like constant updates, new features and stuff like this from, from all of them. That's that's what I know for sure. And um, there's going to be some interesting stuff coming from Camper as well. Uh, just uh, uh, empowering this... Uh, uh, established unit uh, 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 as another beast so uh, but uh, no I can't okay. <laughs> say anything else but right. uh, it's going to be a good year I think for all the companies that, and the users out there that's great uh, how about uh, Bobby you know what I, I neglected to give you a shout out Bobby I just realized that and let me just tell you really quick before oh, Bobby asked me yeah, oh. Bobby Bobby Summerfield when when I pretty much met Bobby right about the same time that we started the the podcast, it wasn't too much earlier before that. And Martin said, "I there's this you know I know this crazy Englishman <laughs> you know and and uh, so Bobby came on board. The thing about Bobby is Bobby is our our audio encyclopedia man. He there is not anything you can ask him audio wise that he will not know the answer. And I realized earlier in my career I asked I him everything. No really, I mean signal process anything there was like he is the encyclopedia and i've always been really honored to just be I'm able just to, old, mate. That's to, to take advantage of his uh of his uh his knowledge his wealth of knowledge and he and he he knows his tech stuff like i, I there's not too many other people that know his tech stuff and just just to give you an example for a hobby he he reconditioned that whole your whole board uh what was it the um it was a neve wasn't it the neve that you uh, yeah neve vrp yeah yeah and and you rebuilt know, the thing yeah he rebuilt it but no he didn't just rebuild it because you know that's one thing to rebuild it he redesigned how do you cool that because apparently it wasn't right the first time neve did it so bobby invents his own yeah. way to to cool the uh the mixer down and so just genius and so there's thank nine you. studios around the world now using it they're all using <laughs> the same system which is pretty wow, cool. That's cool i let a guy come from a guy came from new york he was building a big room and it's really going well now he had a big uh, big r 72 input vrp and he said i'm gonna fly out to see your heat mod work to show me to prove to me because he wanted to make sure and he came out. I showed him how to do it, and he's gone back. And he still put he put a he gave me a shout out in his studio, saying that it does it reduces the temperature of those big consoles like a lot, twenty one degrees, and it's oh, great. Oh, and it lasts awesome. longer, and it sounds great. That's why I asked about analog routing because obviously yeah. I'm a bit old in that respect. So I use <laughs> the, like old consoles. Well, no, I, something. I remember when you were doing it, and and I came over to your studio, and you're like, here, look, look, and you you had that your your temperature, and you're like, okay, now we put this on, boom, boom, and sure enough, the thing went down, and you were so excited about the temperature. And anybody who can get that excited about the temperature just deserves a shout out. So that's why I'm I'm giving you. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mate, sit, 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 sit behind one of them for about. Eight. 10 hours in a row and you realize, my face is red. Yeah. I need to cool down. <laughs> See, I figured out a way to bring down the temperature of the lemon drop over here. Just put it on an ice cube. Much easier. <laughs> That's the way the world's going now. Small form pack. Bobby, are you, are you working on anything you can talk about? Are you... Uh... 
Uh, yeah, you know, I've actually been doing all sorts of stuff. Um, my primary, or actually this week, I've just been, well, this is our 16th year. I've just done uh, a, a, a rework of a theme. Uh, I didn't write it, but just a rework for uh, a soap opera that's been running, I think, for 58 years. And it's their 15,000th show, General Hospital. Wow. So that's what I've been just doing this wow. week. Um, and mm. yeah, it's crazy. Just one of the one of the shows I've been working on. But um, in the background, as you can see, I've got New Endo rolling. I'm uh, I'm doing music for a music library called Aardvark, which is um, just basically up to 52 CDs. It's something I started at the beginning of COVID. Um, I didn't intend to start it, but I did start it. <laughs> I was like, oh shit! But uh, and now it's it's just been released, um, you know, through worldwide distribution the last six or seven weeks. And now I'm doing hip hop. I'm doing like a bunch of hip hop stuff. I've got a bunch of guys around the world doing all different styles of tracks in South Africa, in America, in England, and here. We're all populating it, so um, that's great. Just that's that's my my main project right now. A little bit of a um, sort of a, my own sort of thing, but you know, money. Hopefully, money making eventually. If nice. Nothing else. That's fantastic. And is that the uh, behind you? Is that the ultra wide screen you talked about on the last podcast? Uh, that's right. I asked you guys. Yeah, I can. Uh, well, I can. Ch- I'll pick up because it's obviously an audio podcast. How wide is you, it? You Sixty-four. Wow. Uh, uh, Forty. 49 inches. Right, 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 right. That's, that's the ultra, ultra wide. And does it take two inputs or one? It's got two inputs. Um, you know, the thing is, it's got two inputs HDMI, uh, but I'm running it on a Mac Pro 2013 trash can, which is obviously not the greatest uh, graphics card. I, I, I think it's got a 500 in there. So I can't get anything more out of it than, than HDMI, really. So the, the quality is not great, to be honest, but it's big. It, looks, it looks pretty. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know how I don't know how else to get a better to get a better resolution. To be honest, I put two HDMI's in so I could uh, play it around, but now it's got one HDMI. But obviously, that's a low resolution compared to what computer monitors are. Yeah, know, normally. Well, hey, it works, and you got a lot but, of screen space, and that's all that really matters. So that's great. Right. That's, <laughs> I love, yeah, it's lovely. It's nice. And not having the bezel in the middle. Yeah. I've got. I've, I've. You know, it's nice to have that. Yeah, it's great. It's all lots right. Lots of fun. So. Congratulations. Yep. Moving on to Thank Nick. Thank you so much. Is there, uh, is there anything you want to talk about, Nick? And sure. Your, your, now, Nick started his own channel, his YouTube channel, and he's just posted oh, a gazillion. Oh, a long time he ago. He has it a long time oh, ago. Oh, yeah. No, I have over 100 videos up yeah. there. I just yeah. finished nice. uh, uh, an over half hour long review of the Earthworks microphones. That's right. In which I went through, and it was very interesting, actually. I read poetry and compared... Um, you know, the earthwork stuff with, uh, you know, a 416 and a 421 and a, and a, a Neumann, uh, a TLM 103. And, you know, I think I had a AKG 414 in there yeah. just to see what all the different sort of broadcast microphones did. And they were much closer in timbre to each other than I actually thought they would have been. Wow. That's but great. it was really neat. That's and great. so that was great. I just wrapped... Um, two big projects that I've been working on for a while. One was the um, audiobook for National Geographic that uh, I talked about last time. Now I can tell you the title. It is Ocean, A Global Odyssey, and the oceanographer is named Sylvia A. Earle, and she is a, a rock star in the, in the scientific realm. So it was an enormous joy working on that with her. Um, and then two days ago, I just finished uh, the last book I directed, and it might have taken place a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> That's all I can say and about we'll that just, right we'll now. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah, well, we'll just great. leave it at that. Plug your, uh, plug your YouTube channel. Oh, the YouTube channel is Under the Big Tree. And so it's YouTube.com slash Under the Big Tree. And it's all mostly about, uh, you know, 
electronic music and electronic synthesizers and things like that. But, you know, I, I bring in other stuff. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, right now, I'm actually in the middle of writing a script um, about audiobooks and about the whole world of audiobooks, which is another, you know, it's an enormous, wonderful way to be able to make a living as well. That's fantastic. Um, oh, and I know I, I had one more thing to say along these lines, and I think Thomas will appreciate this. Um, I purchased a thing called a FreeWrite, which is a digital typewriter, but it has got the best feeling keyboard you could ever imagine. Once you start typing on it, you don't ever want to go back to a, li- to a laptop keyboard. And it's one of these devices that you can't check the internet on it. You can't do anything other than write on uh-huh. it. And it's fantastic. And Thomas, you'll appreciate this. Um, I started... Uh, I started doing the whole twelve-week artist's way course. Right, you were talking about mm-hmm. you know sort of the focus of on you know content t- content and artistry rather than worrying about mm-hmm. the gear, and uh, it's been really really interesting. That the artist's way. It's a book by Julia Cameron that's been around for twenty-five years. And if you oh I know that yeah, yeah, yeah. if you want a way to be able to really unleash your creativity and to be able to explore into different artistic venues, it's absolutely wonderful and it feels great. Wake up every morning and do you write three pages. Um, just stream of consciousness stuff. And the whole idea is just to be able to push your creative muscles and to move things into a different direction. And it's been absolutely lovely. That's great. That's fantastic. That is amazing. Rob, how about you, buddy? I have uh... Uh, By the way, I'm not intimidated by you anymore. (laughs) That's why I can go, hey, buddy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to stand for that. (laughs) We're going to have to have a little talk after the show. Uh, I'm working on an odd hodgepodge of stuff because I'm still doing all the kind of AI stuff that I've talked about on and off. I am getting involved with this new video podcast, which I think we talked about a little bit on a previous show. That's moving ahead. I'm actually, a friend of mine brought me some uh, really talented young artists, which I said I was sort of going to be out of the artist development game for a while, but I kind of got pulled right back in, so I'm dealing with some of that. Um, I'm also in the middle. I got uh, commissioned to do a piece of music for a gigantic wedding that's coming up. So that is, and it's actually, it's a really intricate project. So I'm kind of in the middle of that right now. Just the fact that you said commissioned and wedding, I just assumed the gigantic was in there. (laughs) Well, and I did this once before. Actually, I did it for my sister's wedding years ago. And this is uh, for a friend. And it's an amazing project. But uh, yeah, it's not. Not low stress. Not me, though, by the way. No, not that I know of. (laughs) That's fantastic. Uh, So, yeah, a lot of stuff going on and uh, things I'll be able to talk about soon. But I can't believe I was trying to explain to another friend, you know, that we've been doing this podcast for 16 years. And to put it in perspective, I said, yeah, I remember a few episodes in when they announced the iPhone. And that puts it in perspective. Wow. Episode 31 is when we talked about it and when I totally nailed it on my prediction. Because I said... And you can go back to it. I said, this is going to be more than just a phone. You're going to see people doing music on it. You're going to see people playing games on it. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty impressive. And how about you, Mike? Um, well, let's see. Uh, I finished two films uh, and I did I'm just mixed two pilots and looks like one of them is going to take off. So that's what nice. I'm prepping my studio for. Um, and... Uh, 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 I'm trying to put this delicately, but have you guys ever worked on a project where you didn't you didn't think it was going to see the light of day, and they said, "No, no, it's just a, uh, it's we're just going to do it for a screening," and then it ends up on Amazon. <laughs> and and I say that because I worked on a project, and 
I, if I knew it was going to be distributed, I would have totally John Smithied this whole thing because it was that horrendous of a situation. Uh, let's put it this way: there was no budget, and it was I was kind of doing it as a favor, and so I got into it. And I just, I don't know about you, but once you start a project, you have to bring it up to a certain level of quality, right? You can't like. There were scenes where there was no foley at all. There was no footsteps. There was no production, and there was no foley. There was no foley budget. So I literally bought Walker, and I was with my fingers. I was just going, you know, just doing the, doing the foley. Problem was, is they had a screening, so I had to do this overnight. So they had the screening like the next day, the day after, but I had to deliver it the day before. So I just. I just folded like, okay, uh, footsteps, leaves. And as long as I just gave the impression that there was real Foley there, I didn't even bother to like sink every step. I just wanted to give the impression. And then when I, when I mixed it, you mix it kind of low and you bring the music up just so that every once in a while, these little things poke through, but it, it just was, it was not a good project. And I found out that it, it got released and Man, you look at the reviews, and it's just so. Fit. If this thing doesn't blow up because how bad it is, <laughs> is it so good? It's it's is so bad. It's so good. There's an element of that, but just up and down. Oh, there was. All right, ah, I don't know if I should say this. I don't care. <laughs> it's like we built the city on rock and roll. <laughs> no, no, because let's put it this way. They, they had to shoot a scene, and they didn't have a lot of money. And so in the, the movie, there was an RV. So what they did is, is one of the scenes, it had to be they were locked into a bedroom. So the bedroom was the back of the RV, and they kind of dressed it up so it didn't look like an RV. And so they did the scene inside this bedroom of the RV. Only problem was, is we were shooting at a park that was right next to a freeway. <laughs> okay, so you had dialogue in this this little room, which wasn't a room, it was an RV, next to a freeway. And let me tell you, RX nailed it that saved it i mean you could not tell there was a freeway there and i was i was just a- a- have you tried the same tracks through clarity pro i'm sure they would clarity, sure, yeah, I mean, yeah yeah clarity wasn't available back then but yeah. this is our i was using rx um, and i've been using that for you know a couple of years now and it was just blew me away it blew me away and but the problem is, is that takes time you know having to tweak it and do all the the parameters but all i have to say is it's now out in the real world and but we won't listen don't don't Google. <laughs> you gotta send us a link to it. We, we want to watch it. We want to watch it. Yeah. Like, uh, no, no, no. Uh, I'll send you some. And, and we can see Mike Rodriguez. Mike Rodriguez come up. We're gonna just like still frame that put it on a Facebook page. <laughs> no. So I've been doing that, setting up, and for I'll tell you what. For um, I, I got. I'm working on a. I'm actually working on a uh, an immersive video project. So I got a Galaxy Quest. And uh, I've been spending time with playing Population One. So if you play Population One, look for Mike Rod Four One Seven, and let's hook up, and we'll team up, and we'll destroy people in it. But the other thing is, is and and then we're going to end this podcast because it's gone on pretty long. Um, they have Star Wars. They have Vader Chronicles. You know, they have this Vader thing. Yeah. And the first time you're you're in the cell and Vader walks in, I was literally nervous because you're in this immersive environment and you see how tall and how big vader is and you're like 
man, for Princess Leia to stand up to him, <laughs> she had some guts because this dude is big and he is intimidating. So anyhow, I know it's not real, but still. So we have that uh, in common. No more than Rob, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You, you, you and Darth Vader. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, if you I have, have... I have to just jump on that just for one second. Yeah. My brother Alex is the engineering manager at ILMX Lab, the people that made the Vader Chronicles. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that Tell him I'm a huge fan. And, and is it a Quest 1 or 2? It's a 2. Okay. Can you yeah. play it on 1? I don't know. Okay. But I, I, but seriously, I was almost going to bring it in so you guys could try it out because it's so immersive and the sound, the sound does it and literally, when you see Darth Vader come in for the very first time and the way they, they did that was so brilliant, you are freaking nervous. You're like, oh, that's Darth Vader. So like the fanboy in you like is like excited, but then you're like, oh my gosh. Anyhow, well, hey, listen, uh, I know we got off topic a little bit, but I just want to thank everybody that's out there, um, our seven listeners that have stuck with us through all this time. And actually, since Thomas is here, we've got six more that are out there. <laughs> There's more of us here that are going to be listening. But it's been really fun, and we wouldn't do this unless people listen to the podcast. Thanks, and, Mom. <laughs> and I know we have been a little inconsistent, but you know what? The world was doing some weird things, and I just got sick of Zoom, like I said. Um, this show is going to drop at the same time we drop our other one because there's actually a month in between but I just I didn't want to leave a giant gap so we're dropping two shows so this will have been your second show whoever's listening to this um, and just know we're going to be more consistent and as things come back together and as the world um, opens up a little bit so on behalf of myself and all the guys here if you have any comments or questions you can reach us at audio at nowcastnetwork.com that's audio at nowcastnetwork.com thanks for listening and we'll see you next week We couldn't have done it without you, Joanne. Thanks for listening to the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API and Wireworld Pro Audio. The Audio Nowcast is hosted by Mike Rodriguez and features a panel with Rob Arbitier, Bobby Osinski, Scott Gershon, Nick Peck, Diego Stucco, Brandon Birdside, Martin Page, Bobby Summerfield, and maybe a guest or two. We'll see you next time. (laughs) 